and welcome back to By the Fire podcast, where I, can your host, take you through mythical tales and creatures from across the Black Diaspora. So today's episode was actually inspired to me by one of my Kofi followers who essentially made a post about planning for the future, writing your goals down, and what would happen if you didn't reach your goals. So I was really inspired, and from that post, I thought, why don't I make an episode about, you know, fortune telling? Because technically, planning for the future is assuming that everything you write down, you're going to get it done. So I thought, hmm, who else plans for the future? Technically, fortune tellers. So I thought, let's do an episode on divination. So before I start, I just wanted to say that divination is the act of fortune telling or predicting the future. So let's get into this episode and stay to the end where I'll be sharing a special announcement to you all. Ifa is the Orisha of divination, fate and wisdom and is known as the greatest oracle in Yoruba land in Nigeria and he's consulted on all important occasions. He first appeared on earth at Ife but his origin is quite unexplained and there are different stories that suggest where he came from or how he came to have his powers. One story suggests that he obtained the power of divination from the phallic god Olegba on promising to give Olegba the first portion of all offering. Ifa then tried to teach the inhabitants of Ife how to foretell future events, but they wouldn't listen to him. So he left the town and wandered about the world, teaching mankind. Another story states that in the early days of the world, when the human race was few in number, the gods were stinted in sacrifices and so went hungry and had to forage for themselves. Ifa then took to fishing, but he had no success, and being hungry, consulted Eshu, who I'll be talking about a bit later who told him that if he could obtain 16 palm nuts from the two palm trees of Orungan, the chief man, he would show Ifa how to forecast the future. Ifa could then use his knowledge to forecast the future and benefit mankind and so receive abundance of offerings in return and therefore not be hungry anymore. So there's also another story which states that Ifa was born at Ife, as I mentioned before. He was a skillful medical man and a successful diviner. Again, I'll be talking about divination a little bit later. He was very popular and was regarded as a true prophet, and people from every part of Yoruba land flocked to him. His fame was so great that hundreds of people begged him to admit them as disciples and apprentices under him, and out of these he only chose 16 men. The names of these apprentices are said to be identical with the names of the 16 divinatory signs called Odos, and the order of precedence among them is said to be still preserved in the present order of Odus. So now I'm going to explain how the divination actually works and like I mentioned before, no serious decision is taken without consulting it. So a whitened board is employed about two feet long and eight or nine inches broad on which are marked 16 figures and these figures are known as mothers. The 16 palm nuts are held closely in the right hand and thrown through half closed fingers into the left hand. If one knot remains in the right hand, two marks are made, and if two remain in the right hand, then one mark. In this way is formed the 16 mothers, and from the order in which they are produced, certain results are deduced. The interpretation is in accordance with established rule, but that rule is only known to the initiated. The basis of divination is a series of 256 figures, known as odu, or permutations, each with a name. One of these is arrived at either by casting a chain of eight seeds or by beating palm kernels. Each permutation has a number of verses associated specifically with it, each verse being related to a problem, which may be similar to that with which the client is confronted. 
The client does not confide the problem or question that has been brought to the diviner. When therefore a throw has been made, the diviner recites the verses of the figure at random, while the client listens for a verse dealing with the problem similar to his own and interprets it as he will. Each verse contains specific instructions for solving a problem, where the commonest suggestion being that the client should offer a sacrifice for a solution. So that is really interesting um, because when I was researching and reading that, it reminded me of the Nollywood films I'd watched. So if you don't know, which you should know if you've listened to previous episodes, Nollywood is the Nigerian film industry. And I've definitely seen movies where there is, you know, some sort of oracle or witch doctor, although I don't think technically it shouldn't be a witch doctor. Like I said, it's an oracle and um, an apprentice who would be having some kind of nuts in his hand and then and throwing the nuts between the hands. And obviously I didn't really know what that meant. I thought it was some kind of... I understood that it was a way to, I don't know, either speak to the gods or, um, I don't know, so, some kind of thing that had to be done to really like be in tune with what they're doing. But now I understand that, yeah, it's used to like sort of find the problem so that a solution could be provided. Now I'll be talking about Eshu or Alegba and previously or earlier on in this episode I used both names because they're used interchangeably but I'll be referring to this person as Eshu. Eshu is a trickster god in Yoruba land Nigeria who serves Ifa, who I mentioned before, as a messenger between heaven and earth and in another episode I'll go into more details about his role as a trickster. So he requires constant appeasement in order to carry out his assigned functions of conveying sacrifices and divining the future. The tailed hairdress of Eshu is the most distinguishing feature of his. He may also be represented holding a calabash or club, smoking a pipe, sucking his thumb or blowing a whistle. When a worshipper was asked the meaning of these features, he answered, this is how we met it, or this is proper for Alegba. Another carver said, this is how my father taught me to carve him. The priests of Eshu also wear their hair in the same fashion as him, and in Yoruba myth, ritual and sculpture, long hair is associated with power, and that is a quality that Eshu has. In Yoruba cosmology, Ifa and Eshu are seen as counterparts. Both are mediators between gods and men, and Yoruba people say they eat together. A bowl which receives the sacrifice to Eshu must be present at every divination. In the ritual and the sculpture for Ifa, Eshu is present, and it's said that he is the one who causes trouble and by doing so brings men into interaction with the gods. And in times of crisis, it's Ifa who must then teach men about their relationship to them. It is Eshu who produces disorder and chaos and undermines the order Ifa creates. Or to say it in another way, their relationship is one of opposition and cooperation involving the opposing principles of certainty and uncertainty. If properly honoured, diviners make use of Eshu staffs, called Ogo Alegba, to announce the presence of Eshu, and to also remove obstacles, cure illness, and to assist individuals in their communication with other gods. Seemingly, conflicting pictures of Eshus are given, where one person calls him the biggest creature with big wooden stick, yet another song which worships Eshu describes him as tiny, which says, Because of our father's size, his head scarcely shows. He stands on tiptoe to put salt in the soup. So it's quite interesting how he's like, even his appearance is uncertain as well. I also read that he's always depicted either as an old man or as a young child, so never in between. So again, that uncertainty, it's even present in his appearance. 
Esh's power is often visually represented in Ogo Elegba, again that's the staff, as male and female pairs. This is a metaphor to his ability to morph between the two sexes, turn death into life through childbirth, and to overcome the tension between the two sexes. Wow, so that's really interesting. I actually wrote in my notes he's basically a chaotic good person in nature. Um, You can correct me if I'm wrong, but essentially he's there to show people that there is room for change and life is unpredictable. Therefore, seeing the future, sure, you could be aware or you could be told about what could happen, but he's there to shake things. He's there to be that person who will say, oh, you thought, you thought, so it's really cool. His presence in, you know, the whole cosmology is really interesting. And I think that's something that is needed in society as well. You know, I think people have this fixation of knowing what they want to do, you know, five year plan, 10 year plan. But 2020 taught us that, look, whatever plans you have, did it. Like, of course, you should prepare because, you know, if you um, fail to plan, you plan to fail. But you shouldn't be anxious when things don't necessarily go away because the way life is, you can't expect to know or be certain about what is going to happen because something can happen that can throw you off your goal and for some people that really like throws them off and then makes them give up completely but at the end of the day there are spirits like Eshu who lets people know and teaches people that you may have one way but really and truly if you think your destiny is A, B may come in and switch things up. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoy it. It was so fun to research. There's so much information about fortune telling out there. And it's so nice that I have a platform like Kofi where I can, um, you know, interact with those who follow. And yeah, it's just like back in the blogging days when I used to, you know, write more instead of like speaking the way I do now. So I just really love being inspired by other people, other bloggers and you know like that one post now made me to have this whole episode and yeah I learned a lot and I hope you did as well so my special announcement is that next Saturday is actually the anniversary the one year anniversary of when I actually started the podcast so on the 24th of July 2020 um in the midst of a lockdown I was able to bring out the introduction episode for by the fire podcast and I'm so glad to say so much has happened since then. So I won't talk too much because my special announcement is that I'll be releasing a bonus episode on that day. Um, Normally I don't release every week, but I'll be uploading a shorter episode of something I found recently. And yeah, just as a thank you for those who've been listening for that long, for those who have joined in a bit later. And even if this is your first episode that you've heard from me, welcome anyway. I can't wait to see what happens this time next year. I'll talk a bit more about how the year has been in my surprise episode. But until then, let me continue with the outro. Be sure to rate and comment on Apple Podcasts and follow on Spotify. And you can also listen on SoundCloud. Use the hashtag BTFpod so we can continue the conversation online. And I look forward to you joining me for the next episode. Be sure to also follow By The Fire at by the fire underscore pod on instagram twitter and tiktok as well as by the fire podcast on facebook where i regularly upload superstitions and other folklore that i don't mention on the podcast if you like this episode or any other episodes you can also donate to my ko-fi if you have a creature or folklore you'd like to hear or would like to be a guest on the show feel free to email me at by the at gmail.com 
even though I'm no oracle, I can say that the next episode will actually be divination part two because turns out as I was researching, I found out I had a lot more things to say. So I really hope you are eager to hear more about divination and the act of fortune telling from other countries. And yeah, I can't wait to catch you with me by the fire. Bye.